When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Time to wake up right now. Time to wake up right now. Make sure you brush your teeth. Make sure you brush your teeth. Your breath is terrible. Dum, dum, dum. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Cousins, first down, going deep for Diggs. He makes the catch. It's the five Diggs. Touchdown. 62 yards. Play action. Cousins, Diggs. He's got it. Touchdown. 51 yards. He threw it 29 times, not 10. So everybody can be happy now. Mackie and Joe with Rami oh, on the boy. other Score North and the Score North mobile app. Zim. Snarky Zim, man. Zim's uh, Zim's feeling himself today and yesterday. He, he, had, he had some sort of a back and forth with a reporter about pro football focus, too, and how yes. Eric Kendricks is the number two linebacker according to pro football focus, and Zimmer hates pro football focus, but he fifth, fifth pumped today. Yeah, he's so happy fast. about it. Good. He's feisty. I thought you were going to say he got mad he wasn't number one, but he actually... He, <laughs> he's happy. Okay. Yeah. Good. All right. Tom Pelissero from NFL Network, and uh, he joins us every Monday at 5 o'clock here on the show for Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights, and... What did you make of Kirk Cousins, 330-plus yards, four touchdowns, and a bunch of those touchdowns to Stephon Diggs? What did you make of that just two weeks after what we saw against the Chicago Bears? Well, Phil, it's not even just the numbers. It's the way that Kirk Cousins had that productivity. I, mean, I-, I walked away from that game saying that's the best that Cousins has played, certainly in a Vikings uniform, maybe the best that he's played in a single game in his career. I mean, that's that's the guy that players always say that they see in practice. He sees it, he rips it, doesn't hold back, and he absolutely shredded a depleted Eagles secondary yesterday. Now, you know, how does that translate going forward here? They got some tough matchups coming up, including uh, next Sunday against the Lions. I'll be covering that game for NFL Network. Uh, you know, we'll see, but those are the throws. I mean, that's, that's the $84 million quarterback right there. You know, not just the touchdown passes, but, you know, look at where he's dropping those balls. Look at how he hits the deep shots. Look at some of the ones where he has to move outside the pocket, throw on the run. He's putting it on a dime. That's, that's the guy that they, they want to see, you know, week in and week out. And if he's, uh, you know, able to translate that going forward, then you say the Vikings are a very dangerous team. So is it enough Vikings fans should believe he's turning a corner, or do you want to see this against better defenses and better football teams overall? Well, I think we saw that in the early portions of last season, too. I mean, there were some games where he was absolutely tearing it up, and then there were games where he didn't play all that well. I mean, that's kind of the 
roller coaster of his career. Um, you know, he's been up and down over the course of time. Yeah, you'd like to see it against some better defenses. Detroit's got a really good one. I mean, that's going to be a, a supreme test for him. And obviously those rematches with the likes of the Packers and the Bears are going to be big games for him too. But, you know, you don't always need him to carry the team either. It's just games like yesterday where you're facing a really good Eagles front. All right, you know that you're probably not going to run for 200 yards on him because Fletcher Cox is really good, Brandon Graham's really good, that front seven's really good. Where's the vulnerability? It's in the secondary. We talked about this all last week on NFL Network. You know, when Thielen was ill for a day, and, of course, you know, everybody still has eyes on Diggs. It's like this is one of those games where you think those opportunities are going to be there to potentially get the ball to those guys. And sure enough, you know, unlike the game against Chicago where we kind of had the same thing, where it was going to be really tough to run on that front, he misses those shots. Yesterday he hit them. Uh, when he does that, I mean, when you play defense like the Vikings do, when you can run it like they do, um, yeah, that's a pretty good football team. Hey, Tom, beyond Kirk, too, how, how much is this also a uh, Kubiak-Stefanski production of of them t- taking time to learn might be too strong, but to at least I- immerse themselves in what they potentially have here, get to know Kirk well, but because it did seem like that game plan was really, really smart, quick passes, and that this might be an evolution as well in in the guys calling plays and designing the offense, um, tailoring it around the talent in, in a way that is gradually but perhaps productively taking steps as well. Well, it attacks the defense's vulnerabilities. Yep. That's what the Eagles had yesterday. I thought that they dipped into the fun bag a little bit. I mean, the, the end around, the reverse, the digs where he ends up pump faking like Jason Williams in 1998 a couple of times out there, breaking ankles in space. I mean, it just looked like it was fun for those guys to do it. It's a great way to get them involved. Early in the game, it was a quick shot, I think, on the first play to digs. Later on, you had a one-stepper out to Thielen, which I think is on the backside of his zone play. Kirk has that freedom within the offense. You know, it got the ball in the playmaker's hands. That's like the basics of every offense. That's not to say that uh, Kevin Stefanski and Gary Kubiak and company weren't doing that before, but you've seen a conscientious effort to make sure that they are, um, you know, exploiting all their weapons to the best of their abilities. You're not going to face a team every week that's down four of its top corners like the Eagles were yesterday, but when you do, you better be able to produce in the passing game, and they did yeah. that. Tom Pelosero, NFL Network, Mackie and Judd with Rami here on the all-new Score North. So, Stefan Diggs, very happy yesterday. Three touchdowns. He was happy on the sidelines. He praised Kirk Cousins after the game. There was a photo or a video I saw of them embracing and sort of a half hug um, on the sidelines. So, things are things are good right now. But where do you think, I mean, is there any chance, any chance, Stefan Diggs is not a Viking at the end of, uh, of the trade deadline, and are teams making a serious push for him from what you're hearing? Well, first of all, the Vikings never wanted to trade the guy. They find him because he hadn't been showing up for work. It had been going on for a while, and they felt like they needed to do something. When you miss meetings and you miss practice, you're going to get fined. They didn't take the nuclear option and void his guarantees. They just said, we're going to find you, um, you know, to you know, a pretty significant degree. He comes back. Uh, you know, was not highly productive in the Giants game. But yesterday, you saw you saw exactly why they they want him as a part of this offense. Because when you have two receivers who are that good at a back who's as good as Delvin Cook, it's really difficult for a defense to figure out what are we going to try to take away. And if the quarterback's playing well, uh, it's it's even more difficult. I also was struck, and there was that that shot on the sideline. I think it was after the second touchdown where Kirk's trying to drink his water. Diggs comes up from behind him, grabs him from behind, and all that. That right there showed. Everybody who wants to jump to the conclusions of Diggs' frustration was about Kirk Cousins and he doesn't like Cousins. 
Cousins was the quarterback when Diggs had his first 100-catch, 1,000-yard season. He's produced with Kirk. The frustration for Diggs was about the overall direction of the offense. They've seen Kirk be really productive in practice. They've seen him hit those shots. When he does it in the game, yeah, that's going to that's gonna keep everybody happy. But it was, it was never about Cousins. It's about everything else with the offense. And if you have these types of games where Diggs gets to show what he can do, which yesterday also included taking a ball off the face mask, which he quickly atoned for. Uh, but he, he had a really good game. You get a few more of those. I don't think anybody's going to be too frustrated. Talking with Tom Pelissero of NFL Network here on Mackey and Judd with Rami, as we do every Monday at this time. Is is the NFC as wide open as it looks, Tom? A couple of weeks ago, I know I think a lot of people were looking at the Cowboys and thinking that looks like as complete a team as there is in the NFC, but they've come plummeting back down to earth, and I don't see anybody who really stands out above the rest right now. I was just having that conversation with a scout today for another team. Really, AFC and NFC. I mean, yeah, the Patriots look really good, but I mean, the rest of the field, yeah, it does seem like it's a, a pretty wide open year. There's not a lot of teams that are completely out of it. Obviously, the Dolphins, um, you can put in that category. The Bengals seem to be in that category, but not a lot of other teams that are, you know, completely buried right now, in part because you've got divisions like the AFC North and the NFC East that are so tightly packed together. Um, there's a lot of teams that still see a path for them to be able to get back into this thing. But the Cowboys, it's, it has been, um, a little bit surprising just in terms of the way that that offense has scuffled in the past couple of weeks facing, you know, a Jets team that they get their quarterback on the field again, but they're still a little bit beat up in spots and Jets did a pretty good job, uh, defensively in that game of being able to stymie the things that the, the Cowboys do best and generate some pass rush. Um, yeah, I mean, the 49ers are the undefeated team. They've been really impressive. Their defensive coordinator, Robert Sala, who has a lot of uh, WWE-style uh, pump-up moments on the sideline, he's, he's a legit coach, man. I've, I've been tracking him for a while. He's going to have potentially the opportunity here to be a head coach in the league sooner than later. You know, And they've given him a ton of weapons. I mean, when you draft in the top ten every year and you draft defensive linemen every year, your front should be good, and they are really good. they got those edge rushers right now. They lost one of their top corners, but they've been able to kind of plug and play with some other guys there. And the way that they operate offensively, I mean, everybody who ripped Kyle Shanahan for what happened in the Super Bowl because Devontae Freeman misses a blitz pickup and screws up everything on third and one and, you know, a 28-3 lead slips away. Kyle's one of the best, if not the best in the entire NFL at scheming people open. I mean, how many people listening right now can name the top four receivers on the 49ers? Yet they go out there, they have productivity, they're backs. I mean, Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, these are not... A-list, $15 million a year guys. They they have a scheme that is really effective. They know how to use their weapons. Um, that's a team that has been impressive to this point. And to shut down the Rams the way that they did yesterday, I think kind of put everybody on notice that this is a team you're going to be seeing in January. How and why is Dan Quinn employed right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's in the Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan. I know. That's, uh, but, I mean, they've just, they're, they're a dumpster fire. If he could kick an extra point himself, uh, that yeah. might help him too. Because that game, I mean, they if Matt Bryant doesn't uh, yank that one, and that was not a confident-looking kick by Matt Bryant. I mean, it's one of those. That looks like me on the uh, the fifth tee at Braemar, knowing that the duck hook is coming before the ball even leaves the tee, and just walking away like, nope, that's in the woods. Um, you know, Dan Quinn has had. You know, he, he put himself on the line here by firing all three of his coordinators last year. You guys know when when you do that. 
There's no one left to, fu- left to fire except for yourself. And Dan yeah. Quinn is coordinating that defense that is really struggling right now. Now, they've got personnel issues. There's no question about it. The offensive line, you know, has been in transition. they got a lot of weapons on that offense, but protecting Matt Ryan has been, you know, an ongoing issue. Defensively, losing Keanu Neal was a big deal. They've not been able to generate consistent pass rush. And then obviously you saw the special team struggle yesterday, too. You know, Dan Quinn, or excuse me, Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner, believes in his people, he empowers his football people, you know, makes a habit of taking care of his best players and his team leaders. You saw the deal that he did, which was a huge one with Julio Jones right before the season. You know, every press conference, Arthur Blank and his family sit in the front row. Every press conference, they come up, they hug Dan Quinn after, they talk. I mean, they are very involved, they are very supportive. At some point, it gets to that extent that can you really turn it around? Do you see progress here in the next couple of games before they're by We'll probably say a lot about whether or not they feel like Dan Quinn still has a chance to turn that around. Tom, what is more accurate? The Cleveland Browns are wildly underachieving or the Cleveland Browns had expectations placed on them that were too lofty before the season? I, I tend to think it's the latter. Now, they've been inconsistent like a lot of teams with new coaches. Uh, now, Freddie Kitchens, of course, in a different category because he was running the offense at the end of last season after uh, Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley got fired. But it's still... New scheme on defense. The offense is getting used to Freddie. Freddie's taking on a lot. Um, they got some new pieces like Odell Beckham Jr. that they're trying to fit in. Their offensive line we all knew was going to be one of the, the question marks on that team. It remains that way. I would expect they're going to be seeking help before October 29th, the trade deadline, to see whether or not they can upgrade that unit. Do you see flashes? you see flashes how good the Browns can be, including in the first quarter of that game yesterday? They just they've not been able to put together – a consistent 60 minutes. I, I still think that with those types of playmakers, uh, they are a dangerous team. The problem is right now they're dangerous to themselves with penalties, with mistakes, with turnovers. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that keeps on getting them. But you know, I just mentioned the AFC North being so jam-packed. Those games between those teams, they beat the Ravens in Baltimore right a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that division is completely wide open, at least between uh, the teams that are not named the Bengals. Is Patrick Mahomes good enough to overcome what looks like a leaky offensive line and a defense they hope to fix, but it doesn't appear they have? They've had a lot of injuries. Um, the offensive line's been beat up defensively. Um, you know, they've been um, beat up there. Chris Jones not playing. They lost Xavier Williams. I mean, those are pretty, pretty good players up front on the defense. But Mahomes is, I mean, he's the best player we have in the NFL right now. He's playing on one and a half legs because of that ankle that he keeps tweaking every week. He is that good. He's got Tyree Kill back now. Um, you would think if things are able to, to heal up a little bit around him, he'll be okay. I also, you know, I texted somebody in the league yesterday about that game, about the Texans. And the response I got was they ran it, Chiefs ran it 11 times yesterday. You can't do that. You can't put the entire game on the home shoulders. I'm sure that was not Andy Reid's game plan going in, but. You know, they're at their best when they are balanced, and they got to find a way to run the football, too. Yeah. That is Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights here. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Uh, set the rest of the week for us on NFL Network. Where can people find you? I'm going to be everywhere. Uh, I'm in Fort Lauderdale right now. The NFL meetings are occurring the next couple of days. There may be a conversation or two about instant replay and the review process of pass interference and things like that, as there are basically every one of these meetings. Also, collective bargaining is going to be a big topic down here. Of course, owners are some of the owners of the uh, teams that are struggling are going to be asked about their coaching situation. So, ton of coverage of that over the next couple of days. I'll then be with the Vikings on Thursday. I'll be in Detroit. I'm trying to remember all this off the top of my head. Friday, I'm going to be in Detroit. <laughs> 
with the Lions Saturday. I will be out at NFL Films filling in, uh, hosting on uh, Good Morning Football, and then back to Detroit for Vikings-Lions. First uh, shot there, 8 a.m. Central Sunday morning. Should be fun. That's a lot of Detroit, Tom. It's a lot of Detroit. I might be getting the diamond this year on the uh, – the sky miles. I got a real shot here. Counting it down. 13,000 to go. I think I got it. That's impressive. You got We're rooting that's for you. You, you, you know this. that. We're in your corner. <laughs> right. this, is, this is all I have left, Jeff. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> right. Bye, Bye, Tom. Bye. Bye. All right, Tom Pelissero from NFL Network. You think I'd get used to flying by then? Yes. With my yeah, serious deep phobia. I think it's more that your body would be used to like passing out that often from all the drugs that you were taking. <laughs> it's not commercial air travel. It's a pain, but it's not that bad. It's not that scary. Honestly, oh, no. when, you, when you travel Small that much, I'm do. sure, I, I don't know, Like I've never flown with Tom, but I think you probably, at this point in your career, with that many miles, you're probably getting upgraded to first class at least a certain no, that he percentage said, of the diamond. time, right? Yeah. He can like he's not, essentially fly the plane now. Yeah, <laughs> he qualifies to be in the cockpit. Being yeah, like, he yeah. gets a seat in the cockpit. Yeah, let's land yeah. here. Just him and a blow up doll. It's like, all right, <laughs> excuse me, let's land now. It's an airplane joke. Yeah, I've never it. seen that airplane. They've been Abdul Jabbar in the cockpit. I have. Okay, real, real Listen, quick, kid, you carry also. Are you guys like on the Browns thing? I asked him about the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I, I think the Cleveland Browns getting off to a slow start. And by the way, they have a bye week, so they're two and four. They have a bye week, and then guess what? At New England after the bye week, so they're so going to get easier. They're going to be two and five, but then they get a bunch of they get Buffalo, um, they get a, they get Miami, they get the Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger a couple times. Mm-hmm. But the most predictable thing in the NFL is the Browns getting off to a slower start than expectations. Because well, expectations have, were silly. Oh, this is a Super Bowl contender. And, really, dude? They haven't done anything in 25 years. Let's why, pump the brakes. And the thing I don't get is Freddie Kitchens, right? Why Freddie Kitchens? I know Baker likes him, and that's fine. But there's a big difference from being, hey, calling offensive plays to I'm in charge of this entire team now. Yeah, That's a big leap. And if you're, if you're going to say, okay, your team is going to go from what? Seven wins? And you're going to be a playoff team... You gotta have a guy that knows, I think, a little bit more about what he's doing. I mean, Freddie Kitchens might be a fine guy, but this, that was a big ask. So I'm not surprised. And I've heard, actually, it was, it was teased yesterday. I was flipping around all the pregame shows and I think it was Jay Glazer teased it going into a break and I never caught the actual, the actual segment itself, but alluding to some Odell Beckham Jr. trade rumors. Oh, already. I, saw, I saw that tweeted out. Yeah. There, yeah, that came out last week. Yeah, that, is there anything to I it? I don't think so. I think it's BS. I think it's Could BS. you imagine if that if 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 they went from because, oh, Super Bowl contenders and like four we were, weeks later? We were talking with Fitz, Jason Fitz, on Friday here on the show, and he joins us every Friday. And he said that he, and I'm pretty sure he prefaced this by saying it's pretty much just speculation, knowing what he knows about Odell Beckham and the guy that he is, that he wonders if Odell Beckham Jr. can be happy in Cleveland. Playing in that city. This is a guy who Went to LSU, one of the top programs, big spotlight on you there. Went to New York, biggest market in the country. Obviously, a lot of attention comes with that. And Fitz was saying he he wonders if OBJ is actually happy living and playing in a city like Cleveland. All due respect to Danny I mean, Cunningham. Would anyone really, let's be honest, Danny Earmuffs, love you. <laughs> Do you think that OBJ one day in his life is ever truly going to be like, you know what, I'm just happy today? Guys like him always find something to be not happy about, but if they win, who cares, right? Yeah, yeah, they're going to be two and five in two weeks. But two the, and five. They, but th- this is the least surprising storyline to me in football. And by the way, they might still flirt with the playoffs. Here's even what I after want. starting two and five. Here's what I want when at, at the deal that Tom's at right now. 
clear up this uh, PI ruling and throwing the nobody knows this has gotten to be this is stupid. It's a gong show, and every week now it's a problem. Yeah, I love how the Vikings' offensive pass interference against the Packers is like the only one that was overturned all year, basically. Well, there's two, right? That that and, and the Thursday night Philadelphia Green Bay game on which they reviewed a non-scoring play. Yeah. It makes no sense. But the rest of these things, you can basically kill a guy and they won't call it. Yeah. Hey, uh, we have breaking news. The Eagles are releasing Zach Brown per what? Adam Schefter. He's just gone. He's gone. No, perhaps the Vikings can sign him. <laughs> Kirk Cousins talked for him. Just done with him. They're just done with him. Yeah. All right. Apparently. How, how's uh how's Kirk looking now, <laughs> By the way, do you guys hear that? Do you guys hear that? Oh, oh, what? oh yeah, what is oh, that? Oh, what's that? that coming from? Oh, what is that? No, I can't I can't oh, yeah. hear stuff. Yeah, let's uh let's talk about that when we come back. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Colaguard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. 